What if your faith could become more than just a story? What if your faith could be as gentle as a dove and as wise as a serpent? What if your faith could become as bold as a lion? What if your faith could become lethal? My name is Blake Harris, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Michael Knight. And here on the Lethal Faith Podcast, we're here to give your faith some lethality. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lethal Faith Podcast. We are going to kick off here a, a little segment that we're going to call the power of a coin. And uh, a coin is, uh, you know, in America, we use it as money. Uh, money kind of makes the world go round and round in America. But uh, the power of a coin is incredibly fascinating whenever you're looking at history. We actually have a coin in our possession that, uh, that belongs that had, um, I wanted to say belong to, but it has, uh, and basically it was a Herod Agrippa. All right. And so this coin was minted in his honor, basically. Uh, and this is what people would have used, uh, around, um, let's see here. It was minted about the year June, the year June, the year six, uh, through about 41, 42 AD during the time of the Emperor Claudius. And so this coin essentially represents a, a piece of history that we can look back and prove and say that that person was a real person and it has ties to the Bible. And so what do you think about that, Dr. Knight? You know, it's really interesting because when I was writing Lethal Faith 2, Volume 2, excuse me, a New Testament, Rediscovering Jesus, which is available on Amazon right now, I was really shocked, Blake, and taken back by the fact that I could prove the New Testament as far as the validity of its historicity, the fact that it is a reliable historical book just by a coin, something as simple as a coin. I mean, you take the fact that Luke says that Jesus was born during the time of the uh, uh, Caesar of Augustus. Everyone who knows anything about church knows that is part of the Christmas story. Well, right. we found his bust, which is a, a, a replica of his head. Um, we have entire um, arenas built after him, but we have coins with his image on them. Yeah. So there's a coin with the uh, bust, uh, the image, the character of Caesar of Augustus, proving that he really was a Caesar because, of course, like I'm holding in my hand this ancient coin from the 6th century, or, or 6, uh, yeah, 6, uh, excuse me, 6 AD, 1st century. Uh, this proves that Herod Agrippa was real because his image, his character is on this coin. So when you look at Caesar of Augustus, it gets interesting because we even have the census uh, reference to Caesar Augustus. Now, the, this wasn't the... Um the census a, a source of argument for for some time, right? Because the Christmas story says you know they took a census and for a while they couldn't actually find the census, correct? No, that's true. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, the skeptics of the church always like to throw that up, but they're they need to get caught up on their archaeology. The truth is, we found multiple references to census in the first century. 
Um, and uh, uh, we have found the census reference to Caesar of Augustus. We have found uh, pretty definitive proof of Quinerius, the wow. census of Quinerius. And we have more than just one. I write about that in the New Testament. And we're going to talk about that, Blake, uh, uh, for Christmas this year, about proving the Christmas story. But we even have the altar uh, accessory maritime dedicated to him. We even have his mausoleum. But something as simple as a coin, um, a coin that has Caesar of Augustus uh, on it, helps us to understand that he was real. The same is true of Tiberius, you know, uh, the denarius uh, that the Bible refers to, called the tribute penny, has the image of Tiberius on it. Yeah, you're right. And, and Tiberius, of course, you know, like most uh, Roman emperors or people of authority, we've got bust of them and, and lots of things that were dedicated to them. Tiberius, of course, came, became the Roman emperor uh, on September 18th of 14 AD. He was a stepson of Augustus. And a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, and so uh, Augustus adopted him in 4 AD. He, he never had a major setback during his reign, uh, and he was at a Capri, uh, that he was said to put many people to death. He, he started many public uh, projects, and his authenticity I is... I can't help, I'm sorry, Blake. You know, I can't help but to laugh at that, because, you know, history says that uh, his, his stepson of Augustus never had any major setbacks, and then it turns around and says... He was said to put many people to death. <laughs> of course, you're not going to have a lot of insurrectionists when you're killing everybody that disagrees with you. Well, that's true. I mean, I, that, that's kind of how they did things, though. So, um, so then let's see here. We got another Roman, uh, Claudius. Uh, we got the coin of Claudius. Uh, another the Roman emperor. Yep. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on. Let's see who we got next. We got, I have no idea who that guy was. Uh, you know, when you look at Nero, uh, Nero Caesar Augustus, A.D. 54 and 68, Nero was accused of, um, accused the Christians of burning down Rome when he burned it down because he wanted the slums to extend his house. And we're finding many things in his house right now, but one of the things that we found is we found a, coal, a coin, a standard gold coin of Rome that has the head of Nero on it. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fascinating. Of course, you know, once again, we have statues of Nero. And, of course, Nero, to, to Christians, is probably one of the most well-known uh, emperors, uh, mainly because of his slaughter of the Christians. Uh, but Nero was actually adopted by the emperor uh, Claudius Tiberius, and he served as emperor of Rome uh, from uh, 54 to 68 A.D. Yep, and Nero, you talk about somebody spent a lot of the money on himself, he certainly did. And archaeologists are finding some amazing uh, places in his house that actually rotated, that looked like yeah. the universe. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Well, even the Herodian family. I mean, you can find proof by using a coin, um, something as simple as a coin, to prove uh, the Roman emperors. But you can do the same for the Herodian family. Now, the Herodian family means the people who followed King Herod. We know Herod the Great mm -hmm. was alive when Jesus was first born. Um, and uh, thanks to the Christmas stories all around the world, everybody understands what it means uh, to say Herod. Uh, Herod the Great built the second temple that was in Jerusalem. Uh, he built Masada, and if you if you ever get to Jerusalem, you got to go visit Masada. 
Um, we've actually found his palace um, and the remains of it. But we have found coins with Herod's helmet on it. So this coin, you have to realize the power of a coin. The coin actually was a way in which um, you transferred currency. It had value based on its weight. So this uh, coin I'm holding in my hand right now, that's from Herod Agrippa, Agrippa is, is really light and it's thin. It means it wasn't that big of a value. It's like a penny mm-hmm. or something. Uh, but something like a coin with Herod's hel- a helmet on it actually proves um, that this man was uh, alive. Actually, he was a very cruel man. Yeah, you know, the, the scriptures uh, actually refer to him by name in Matthew 2.16, where he stated to order the murder of all the boys, of course, under the age of two throughout Judea. Uh, of course, the story is, is rooted in the birth of Christ and, and that. Uh, but, you know, the, the coins always refer back to, uh, I, I find the, the coin fascinating. Uh, and the reason being is, is like, I look at the coin and I think, what was paid for by this? You know, that, that, that's what I think about, yeah. you know, and somebody what someone bought or purchased. That's right. You know, and I think well, what 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 story could this coin actually tell us if it could actually talk? You know? Well, the coins do talk. And that's a great statement you just made, because the coinage of Herod the Great. See, Herod minted many coins throughout his political career. And some coins were adorned with temple furniture, winged Greek fixtures, pomegranates is really famous, especially in the temple and other places, shields, palm branches, uh, yet none of them had a graven image. Now, why do you think that Herod put his helmet or a pomegranate or his shield on a coin but did not put his image? You know, that's really interesting. Think about the Old Testament. Yeah, that, that's the only thing I, I could think of is, is that because he set himself up to be God and, and therefore he he couldn't have any graven image of himself. Well, no, because he, he actually s- served Jewish people. The Herodian dynasty was the Romans' uh, uh, voice over the Jewish people and they were in bed with Rome and wanted mm-hmm. to stay in their good graces with Rome because Rome was the one that set them in power and Rome was the one that would remove them. But graven images were taboo to the Jewish community. You couldn't have any graven images of God. Yeah. So they would have rejected his coin with his image on it. Yeah. Which is really interesting. That is interesting, you know. And so what are the coins we got here, Michael? You've got Herod... Um, Archelaus, and I hope I pronounced that right, he was the son of Herod the Great, and like his father, his rulership was despised. He was born around 23 B.C., married his first wife, Merimim, in 37 B.C., and he ruled over what's now known as Biblical Edom. Uh, Josephus actually reports him in his inaugural address. Um, The city he built and named after himself is still in existence. We found that, but when it comes to his coins... Coins, once again, serve as evidence of the reality of these New Testament personalities. As a matter of fact, he had a small uh, protot minted during his reign. And this picture shows the prow and the wreath coin. On one side um, that I'm looking at right now, you can find a ship's uh, prow and wreath with his name on it and the title abbreviated. On the other side of the coin... It's like a cornucopia inscribed in Greek with his name and title on it. So when it comes to Herod Antipas, or excuse me, uh, Arculus, we have a coin with his his um, 
uh, his name on it. But we have, I'm holding, was holding one now, and Blake's got it, uh, a coin from Herod Antipas. Matthew 14, 6 to 11 talks about Herod Antipas, how he was a real human being. He ruled over the regions of Galilee uh, and Perea during the time of Jesus Christ. He was a ruler of a quarter of a section of the world. And the Roman emperor had divided up the region to the sons of Herod. So each son of Herod, like Antipas, had a certain region which in where they ruled a quarter, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, you can see uh, inscriptions that proves him. But then again, you've got Herod Philip. Herod Philip was uh, actually the the uncle and the first husband of Herodias. His wife left him to marry his brother Herod Antipas. Uh, he ruled uh, only a section of the kingdom and received the poorest of his father's share. Man, can you imagine being that guy? Yeah. <laughs> he ruled well and was loyal to his uh, subjects, spending less time in Rome. He eventually married. Uh, Salome, the lady who asked for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Now, what's so fascinating is that archaeologists have recently discovered and found this palace, the Herodian Palace, where Herod Philip um, was at and his uh, stepdaughter, uh, well, excuse me, Salome was the one who... uh, asked for the head of John the Baptist, and they found the dance floor that she danced on when she asked for the head of John the Baptist. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was pretty fascinating looking at that picture uh, of that. You know, you know, back to our coins, you know, we have uh, uh, Herod Phillips' uh, head on a coin minted during his reign, and then on, on the back of it, it actually kind of looks like a, a temple of some sort. Uh, and certainly... Uh, in, in that particular picture, we can see uh, the head, of course, minted on the coin, and it certainly breaks with the Jewish traditions that it's the first coin with an image stamped on it, the first Jewish portrait of a Jewish king. That was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Josephus even talks about him. Um, I just find this story fascinating that they have found uh, the courtyard where... Queen or the, the the daughter danced and asked for the head of John the Baptist. Um, and Salome um, is even mentioned by Josephus uh, himself. Um, there was actually a coin minted by Aristobulus, who was the husband of Salome originally, with her image on the reverse side. Oh wow! So we actually have a a coin with the image of Salome on the opposite side. And so while you may find a coin with some kind of Greek deity rarely or some kind of God being honored, mm-hmm. people who were humans, who were in power, minted their character. That's where the word character comes from. They minted their face on a coin. And what would happen is they would merchants would be, start to try to cheat people by shaving down the coin and keeping the character on the coin. Wow. So when it's supposed to be valued by its weight, in other mm-hmm. words, this is two ounces of gold or an ounce of gold, and it's got so-and-so's name, uh, character on it. Mm-hmm. When people would cheat people, they would slim down the coins. You can see how thin this coin is from Herod Antipas, uh, but it's because of its value. It's represented something like a penny today. Um, but 
the reason they did that is is the, to cheat people. So this concept that your character isn't good uh, actually comes from coinage in the New Testament. Wow, I didn't realize that at all. That that's really fascinating. So man, I wonder why they kind of shafted uh, Abraham Lincoln and put him on the penny. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's a whole different world and weight of, of coins. Uh, you have Philip the Tetrarch, Tetrarch. Uh, the Luke 3 and 1 mentions, and we've got his face on the back of a coin, which to me is absolutely amazing. And then Herod Agrippa, the first, we've got his head on a coin uh, with the crowning of Claudius. So we're proving two biblical figures with one coin. Excuse me. And um, there are inscriptions with Agrippa the second. Um, when it comes to the Herodian family, there's coins minted by Herod Agrippa II. So we have coins from Herod Agrippa II. So we don't just have one coin to prove Herod the Great was real. We don't just, in his family, we don't have just two coins, three coins, four coins. We have probably a, a dozen coins that can prove the validity of the human being called Herod the Great and his sons that took over sections of the Judean Jerusalem Jewish quarters, which is amazing to me that we we have that. I mean, we don't just you know, coins are so prosperous that there are thousands. You can buy them on eBay, real ones, all day long. Wow. You know, the, the coin can can really lead to lots of things. You know, we have uh, you know, we, there's a coin uh, of King uh, Agrippa the second to celebrate his voyage to Rome with his sister. Uh, I mean, so it, it confirms history. Yeah, I mean, so it, it continues to confirm history with just a coin. Uh, here we have one, uh, Drusilla, right, uh, who lived uh, 49 to 79 A.D., who's mentioned in Acts 24-24, uh, and these coins were minted by Antonius Fexus, I believe is how you would say the name, who was the husband of Drusilla. So inadvertently a coin can prove a woman existed like the New Testament says she did and then turn around and prove her existence through the establishment of her own husband. Wow. It's amazing what you can prove with a coin. And um, I find it interesting as we start closing this out. Well, you know, let's talk about Roman legates and governors because not only can we not prove Roman emperors, not only can we not prove the Herodian family through coins, we can actually prove people who existed as governors um, uh, and uh, officials of Rome. As a matter of fact, um, there is a coin minted by Quinerius in honor of Augustus. So the Quinerius census, mm -hmm. we know that Quinerius was a real human being oh, yeah. because we have a coin that was mentored by Quinerius in honor of Augustus. Man, it, it always goes deeper and deeper, right? The more you dig, the more you find. And you know what? That's a good point. Because Quinerius, one of the things that Blake brought up a few minutes ago is that a lot of people were skeptical about, skeptical about the senses of Quinerius. Well, what we found out through an inscription, which is going to be what we talk about in our next podcast, 
Uh, and we got some great podcasts coming up. After we do inscriptions, we're actually going to talk about how do you respond to the transgender movement. Uh, we're going to start giving some unbelievable resources for our lethal faith family to defend their faith, for students to be strengthened, for parents to have the uh, answers, and for church leaders to know how to lead and develop uh, discipleship in their kids. But uh, one of the things we found is we found an inscription that mentions Quinerius uh, that he had been twice appointed to the specific post. Wow. So the answer to the question about the census of Quinerius, people said that he could not have led that census because he was not in that position at that time. Mm-hmm. But then now we found an inscription that actually talks about how he was appointed twice, uh, which answers the timeline to Jesus' birth. He wasn't the... He didn't rule. He he wasn't in authority just one time in that position. Mm-hmm. He was in the position twice. Just like you say, if Donald Trump becomes president a second time, yeah. Well, that's the same way with Quinerius. He was in office twice. Wow, awesome. Uh, you know, when it comes to Pontius Pilate, uh, we found his uh, rings and all kinds of stuff, but we actually have coins minted by Pontius Pilate. Yeah. You know, of course, Pontius Pilate, we all know, uh, was the one that they, that the Jewish people told, uh, said, you do something with him. We can't, we can't do anything with him. And so uh, Pontius Pilate, of course, is a fascinating figure in the Bible. Uh, we have a pruta, uh, a coin minted by Felix, uh, which Marcus Antonius Felix, who lived between uh, 52 and 59 A.D. Uh, and is mentioned in Acts 24. Uh, Felix was a very powerful and influential brother uh, named Paulus. Uh, Paulus certainly uh, had an ear and ability to influence the Roman emperor Claudius. Uh, in fact, he uh, convinced the emperor to marry his niece uh, Agrippina Minor and adopt her son. Don't you wish they just named people like, well, this is Susie. <laughs> that'd be so much easier uh, we have a, a coin where the picture on the coin was minted during his reign uh, and coins Blake are used to date the immediacy of a find or the immediate time uh, in forward and, and in archaeology coins are so important that you de- can date they're used to date the archaeological dig by the kinds of coins that are there Wow! because you can date it back to a certain specific time hmm uh, speaking of difficult terms, uh, Porcius Festus, Festus uh, that lived between 59 and 62, which is mentioned in Acts 24, 27, 25, 27, 26, 24 through 32. Um, we actually don't have a lot of information about this guy, except that he's mentioned in the Bible, but his name means festival. He succeeded Felix or Felix as the procurator of Judea, where he ruled for two years after having been appointed by Nero. And so uh, we have a, a set of coins that were minted by him. So whereas there's little archaeological evidence of this person being real, we actually have sets of coins minted by this individual, which is some of the only proof we have that he ever was a real human being. Wow. You know, we have a coin with the image of... Aritas, I believe is how you would say that name, uh, in military dress. The fourth. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was the fourth. Uh, we have the image uh, of even his wife on, on a coin. Um, man, the, the coin. 
just keeps going yeah. and going. Yeah, no, he he was the king of the uh, uh, Nebatans, Nebatans. I'm screwing this up today. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, and his daughter actually married Herod Agrippa. And the apostle Paul sneaked out of Damascus in a basket to avoid this guy. And so this guy is connected to the apostle Paul. And the first picture we have of him is in full military dress. Uh, and we actually have a coin of him and his wife. That actually, so the coin just doesn't prove the book of Acts, which mm-hmm. Sir William Ramsey said is one of the greatest uh, historical books of all time, along with the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. He said Luke was one of the greatest historians that ever lived. It also proves the stories about the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Of course, Apostle Paul, he's right up there. I mean, what a legend in the faith, yeah. you know? It's something. Well, it's amazing what you can prove with a coin. And we're going to meet you next week, and we're going to talk about how something that's etched in stone proves biblical narratives. The truth is, and I love that scripture, says if you don't praise me, the rocks are going to cry out. And so we've been spending time looking at the rocks crying out in the New Testament. And if the history of the New Testament is true, Mm -hmm. the Herodian family can be proven as real people. Uh, the Roman emperors, the uh, 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 sectional leaders, the governors, you name them. If all these people can be proven to be true historically, how do we not assume that Jesus Christ was real when everyone around him in the Bible can be proven to be an actual historical person? You're absolutely right. And, you know, you, you talked about the scripture, you know, if the rocks don't, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out my name, you know, and I think that that is one of the greatest scriptures for, for what we're doing here is that the rocks are literally crying out saying, look at who Jesus really was. So guys, next week we'll catch you up on some inscriptions. Um, we've talked about some inscriptions before, uh, but we're really going to dig into it and really see what can inscriptions tell us. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And as always, keep it lethal.